the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I am the aforementioned Dennis Prager, and I am not flying anywhere this week, so I'm with you all week. Even when I fly, I'm often with you all week, but not always. I have a a philosophical thought to open the show. Last week, Friday, I flew from Charlotte to Los Angeles, Charlotte, North Carolina to L.A. I'm based in L.A. I had a wonderful evening in Greenville, South Carolina, drove after for for 94.5, my station in Greenville, South Carolina. Mike Gallagher and I spoke or dialogued that night. And then after the event, I drove about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half to Charlotte, North Carolina to get a nonstop. There are no nonstops from Greenville to L.A., but there are a few from Charlotte to Los Angeles. And it was a 9, 9.15 or something a.m. flight, and I was back in L.A. before noon. Couldn't have been smoother. Then I read about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flights canceled this past weekend. This, this, this very weekend. So what is my philosophical thought one that brings uh, some degree of pain to a fair number of you, and I, I certainly don't say it to cause you pain. I say it because it is a, a, my understanding of life, because I am very deeply committed to reason. That is the reason that I am religious, and that is the reason I am a conservative, because of my commitment to reason. The irrational are on the other sides of both issues, as a general rule. And that thought is, I lucked out. That's it. I lucked out. At this point, it is sort of a crapshoot whether or not your flight will be canceled or delayed by so many hours if, that if you have a connection, you will miss your connection. I simply lucked out. You know how much I lucked out? I had originally been booked on a flight going from Greenville to Atlanta to Los Angeles. And guess what one of the four airports with the most cancellations? Atlanta. 
There is? You just put up a statement? Yeah. Oh, I'm very curious. Other than apologizing? Or is it just an apology? Well, it's a, but it's... They, 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 they offering an explanation? Sort of. Yeah, I'm very curious, obviously. So, th- this notion, it's really worthy of, uh, of more attention, and I, I, sh- I guess I should do it as an ultimate issues hour, the, the question of luck. Uh, people have an under totally understandable core objection to the notion that there is good and bad luck in life, especially religious people, because they want to believe, and I say this only with reverence, that God is in charge, and God is in charge, but that doesn't mean that God does everything that happens to us. I've never understood that notion because why get out of bed? If God wants me to be at place X on this day so that what he has planned for me takes place, I can't, I couldn't stay in bed. I, I don't find the notion of luck comforting, and, and, uh, but I find it, I find it real. It, but I don't find the alternative comforting, that there is no luck, everything is ordained from above. That's not fully comforting either, because it's sort of your luck, whether it's ordained. <laughs> as odd as that sounds. But anyway, look, I don't I have no desire, truly none, to dissuade anybody who believes that that all is ultimately not even ultimately, that's the point. I believe ultimately, but that all is immediately done by the Almighty, the Creator. But uh putting that aside I wondered, I mean, for example, do, do all religious people believe that every single canceled flight was God's hand? It's hard to it's hard to believe. God has his hand in canceled flights. In any event, I just felt that I lucked out. I'll tell you what it does do. The good thing that my my understanding of life and luck do or does makes me incredibly grateful. So I was telling you, I originally, oh yes, I I did say it, originally was booked through Atlanta, and they have the, among the most cancellations in the country. I'm going to look up that specific flight. I'd be very curious to know if the flight that I was originally booked on was canceled. Who knows? A variety of factors, this is from Delta? Yeah, this is a Delta statement. A variety of factors continue continues. It's so interesting. Grammar is uh, increasingly inferior. A variety of factors continues to impact our operations, including challenges with air traffic control, weather, and unscheduled absences in some work groups. Canceling a flight is always our last resort, and we sincerely apologize to our customers for the inconvenience to their travel plans. 
a few comments on this. <laughs> First, inconvenience is the le- the least of the issues. <laughs> inconvenience. You've missed a wedding. Uh, you've you've been at the airport twenty four hours, as many have. You you didn't have enough infant formula for your child because you thought you would actually arrive at a destination. <laughs> These are not inconveniences. Anyway, I would lo- this doesn't help me at all. What does that mean? Challenges with air traffic control. I, I was told by a source I trust that uh, I'm not saying that I know this to be true I'm just telling you what someone said to me whom I trust that in the air traffic control arena there were uh, there was a not insignificant number of people who refused to be vaccinated and were fired and we don't have enough air traffic controllers to begin with This is all because of Joe Biden, the only truly bad human being to be president that I know of. He's a bad man. He's a rotten man. If you voted for him, you made made a a country-destroying mistake. A dear friend of mine who leans conservative and is truly a dear friend, special human being, in fact, asked me if uh, Donald Trump's comments about uh, about former Vice President Pence have in any way influenced my thinking about Donald Trump. And I think his comments about, uh, what is Pence's first name again? Mike Pence are, are truly over the top and inexcusable. The man was such a loyal vice president for four years. But it has zero effect on on the only thing that matters to me. Did he do good? That is, he, Trump, did he do good for America? Not do I like him. Biden is ruining this country every day he is in office. But it doesn't matter, because so would Kamala Harris, and so would Pelosi, and so would AOC, so would virtually every Democrat except Joe Manchin, and maybe Kristen Sinema. Challenges with air traffic control, weather. What is this weather thing? It's, it's what have weather patterns all of a sudden changed to the degree of the number of cancellations? I don't buy it. And unscheduled absences. And why is that happening? The Delta statement doesn't help in the least. I'd like to know why those things are happening. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it. Is Pete Buttigieg uh, on top of this? Back in a moment. Inflation is at a 40-year high. You know it, and you feel it every day. We're paying considerably more for gas, groceries, and really just about everything. Take charge of your money right now. Use the equity in your home to consolidate debt and lower your monthly expenses. 
these impressive men, Andrew and Todd, at andrewandtodd.com, know what you're going through. Andrew and Todd aren't brokers, they're bankers who handle your refi loan personally from start to finish, and they're always in your corner. Visit andrewandtodd.com to beat inflation by lowering your monthly expenses and protect your greatest asset, your home. Andrew and Todd at Sierra Pacific Mortgage share your values. I trust them. That's why I work with them. Get started now. Go to andrewandtodd.com for a quick mortgage checkup. No obligations. Use the equity in your home before it's too late. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. I'm Dennis Prager, and I am talking to you about the matter of all the canceled flights. And uh, I, I'd like to read to you something from last November. We're talking, uh, let's see, a half, more than a half year ago. Two House Republicans are demanding the Biden administration provide a contingency plan to assure them the upcoming vaccine mandate will not affect air travel this holiday season. Hmm. House Transportation, again, this is from last November, beginning of November. House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Ranking Member Sam Graves, Republican Missouri, and Representative Garrett Graves, Republican Louisiana, sent letters to Transportation Safety Administrator David Pekosk and FAA Administrator Stephen Dixon, demanding the plan as the country... What does that mean, demanding the plan? Hmm. I must be missing a word. As the country looks ahead to the winter holidays. The congressman... Graves wrote that the agencies needed to hand over a plan showing the vaccine mandate will not interfere with holiday air travel given the central role they play in facilitating air travel, especially air traffic controllers and airport security screeners. Quote, many airline employees, including airline pilots, are considering retiring or quitting over the mandate. The mandate was pure evil. Pure, it's evil. It was not a mistake, it was evil. It was what I wrote in the very beginning of the lockdowns in 2020. This is a dress rehearsal for a police state. I was 100% right. That is what it is all about. It was done in the name of health, which immediately puts half the country, or at least half the country, more, to sleep. You can't argue, oh, health, oh, okay, health, well, okay, oh, well, okay, then why would I have any civil rights? Why can the government force every government employee, every federal employee, to get a, 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 an inoculation that they have no need for? For the record, just for full disclosure, I was never vaccinated against COVID. Got it twice, both times milder than any flu I've ever had, in one case milder than a cold. However, I did take therapeutics, which you, if you talk about and you're a doctor, you have, you're threatened with losing your license. Hydroxychloroquine and zinc and ivermectin. I also took monoclonal antibodies the first time. I did not take it the second time. Since just about everybody who's been vaccinated in public life has also gotten the uh, COVID, 
including Anthony Fauci most recently, you might want to ask of what good it was the so-called vaccine. I say so-called. Vaccines don't last for six months. There's no such thing as a six-month vaccine, to the best of my knowledge. Yellow fever, which has a limited time, is 10 years, just to give an example, because I've had yellow fever shots often because of my travels to countries where there's yellow fever. Many airline employees, this is from last November, the congressman wrote in a letter to Dixon, many airline employees, including airline pilots, are considering retiring or quitting over the mandate, while some have even sued. Recent large-scale airline operational disruptions have demonstrated our aviation system is operating with very little slack meaning that even minor issues with worker shortages or equipment and crew availability can spiral quickly out of control. Well, now you see the out of control. Is it because of the mandates? I think it's a combination. I don't know. I'm saying I think. I think it's a combination of mandates and people simply leaving the, uh, the workforce because they don't, they don't want the government telling them what inoculations they should receive. I think it uh, is that. And what else might it be? I had I had another thing in mind. The, the uh, oh yes, COVID, the COVID uh, lockdown. During the lockdown, many people left their work. Many people were paid to leave their work. And the, and the airlines were okay with that. They encouraged people to leave their jobs because there were so few flights. To say that most businesses do not think ahead uh, is to understate the case. We are very concerned that even a small number of terminations at the FAA and the airlines due to the vaccine mandate will stretch our fragile aviation system to the breaking point during the traditionally busy travel season. These uh, Republicans were, were prescient. So, just want you to know this might be it. There's no moral, economic, or any other, or, or health justification for what the despicable Democratic Party, not just Joe Biden, He's a creature of his party. Did with regard to forcing people to get COVID vaccines that clearly are not vaccines. I mean, if you got a polio vaccine, you don't get polio. But if you got a COVID vaccine, you get COVID. So why? So they both can't be vaccines. The. The COVID vaccine should be called the COVID injection or inoculation, if you want to be honest. However, truth is not a left-wing value. And now they want uh, six-month-olds, six-month-olds to get the, the COVID vaccine. The only country in the world, in the world, including Crackpot New Zealand and Crackpot Canada that is doing this. 
Yeah, you got to fight the left or you have no country. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager, or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hey everybody, I hope you had a good weekend. I didn't say I hope you had a good weekend the first hour. Welcome to the show. I am back home for a couple of weeks, which is very rare for me. Oh, maybe? Uh Uh-huh. I spoke too soon. It's possible. It's okay, possible fine. And it's po- well, we if it's possible, yes, then it's possible no. That's that's like what I love when people go maybe yes and maybe no. It strikes me as redundant given that maybe means maybe yes and maybe no. Uh Wow. Got a lot of Hey, did I talk about the Angela Merkel uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal? You know, one of my mottos in life that helps me understand life, my friends, one of them is Germany is always wrong. And and I say that with deep affection, not only for individual Germans in my life, but a German young man live at my home for half a year. I just uh, fell in love with He's a wonderful, special young man. But Germany as as a country is basically always wrong. And fitting into that motto is the Wall Street Journal editorial. Rarely has a foreign policy legacy been discredited as rapidly and thoroughly as former German Chancellor Angela Merkel's. Remember I said she was a foolish woman a long time ago when she led the way in Europe to having a million people from North Africa come in? From the Middle East, actually. Middle East and North Africa. And my heart goes out to a lot of those people. It has always gone out to these people. But you can't be guided by your heart alone. Then you, then you become definitionally a fool. You have to use reason. You have to ask the question that is the vaccination against being a fool. You know what it is? I mentioned it last hour. What? is the price. 
The moment you ask that question, which is not asked by fools, the lockdown, nobody asked what's the price. The utterly destructive, nihilistic, anti-child, anti-American teachers' unions, among the, the most vile institutions in this country, damaged so many children in this country that it, it is the word teacher has been sullied by the current state of teaching in the United States. They didn't ask, what is the price of shutting down the schools? All they asked was, how can we protect our hypochondriac teachers? In 16 years at the top of the German government, she thought she could moderate Vladimir Putin's imperial ambitions, and in the process she made Germany and Europe vulnerable to his energy blackmail. But as for regrets, she hasn't a few. That was clear from her first major public appearance since she left as chancellor last year. I don't blame myself, Mrs. Merkel told, wow, the editorial board says Mrs.? I haven't seen Mrs. in in like 25 years. Not Ms. Merkel? Wow. Mrs. Merkel told an audience Tuesday at the Berliner Ensemble Theater in the German capital, quote, I have tried to work in the direction of preventing mischief, and if diplomacy doesn't succeed, this doesn't mean that it was therefore wrong. Is that a riot? That's what... That's doublespeak. If it doesn't succeed, it doesn't mean it was wrong. Well, if it doesn't succeed, it failed. If it failed, it means it was wrong. This is precious. It's precious. That's one of the greatest lines I've ever encountered. It's up there in the Hall of Fame. I wish, I wish we had her saying it. We would, we would play it over and over along with the New Zealand Prime Minister, if you haven't heard it from the government, that isn't true. <laughs> that's, that's great. If diplomacy doesn't succeed, it doesn't mean it was therefore wrong. Thus, I don't see why I should say that was wrong, and therefore I won't apologize. Mrs. Merkel condemned Russia's invasion of Ukraine and said she was, quote, at no time given to illusions that her policy of engaging with Russia through trade would change Mr. Putin's behavior. She wasn't? Then why, did, then, then why did she engage with Russia through trade? But if that's true, why did she insist so hard on finishing the Nord Stream 2 pipeline from some of her last political capital in office to persuade President Biden to withdraw U.S. opposition to the pipeline? Her successor as Chancellor Olaf Scholz cashiered the pipeline after the invasion. Heads of government must make difficult judgments, and some will inevitably be wrong given the known facts at the time. But Mrs. Merkel insisted on her courtship of Mr. Putin even after his annexation of Crimea and invasion of eastern in Ukraine in 2014. She made her country more vulnerable by phasing out its nuclear power plants and refusing to honor its NATO pledge to spend 2% of GDP on defense. That's right. Did you follow that, my friends? 
She made her country more vulnerable by phasing out its nuclear power plants. My friends, I spoke about Germany under Merkel getting rid of its nuclear power plants time and time again. Just for the record. And refusing to honor its NATO pledge to spend 2% of GDP on defense. It's hard not to conclude that her failures are one reason Mr. Putin believed he would meet limited European resistance if he tried to take Kiev this year. Bloomberg reports that Mr. Schultz is now seeking her advice on how to handle Ukraine and Mr. Putin. Let's hope he doesn't rely on it. Apology or not, she failed the cause of freedom in Europe. The woman was a fool which is why the New York Times loved her, just loved her. Fools cause more damage than people who want to do evil. One of the most important things one can know about life. The Epic Times, a very fine newspaper, and it has a very, very powerful piece this weekend this past week, are social credit scores coming to America. You know what social credit scores are? Where the government monitors what you say and what you do and gives you social credit scores which enable you which enable you to access money, travel, etc. In China, the Chinese Communist government gives people social credit scores. If they say... Hmm? We have a great video on this. We have a great video on it by Chinese American, correct? China's social credit system. China's social credit system. It's at PragerU. For the record, let me say once again, unless your child is studying science, technology, engineering, or math, your child would be smarter, finer, kinder, wiser if they didn't go to college and watch the 500 videos that we have up and did the associated readings. Your child would in fact be so wise that he or she would run circles over the average graduate of Harvard, Berkeley, Yale, Princeton, Penn, Stanford, etc., etc., I mean just run circles around them in knowledge and in depth of understanding life and the world in which we live. As new technology is developed to track people's behavior and generate environmental and social credit scores, some state lawmakers are sounding the alarm that the United States may be following China in imposing behavioral ratings on its citizens. Until I read this article, I didn't realize how how much we are doing this already. Stay tuned. The Dennis Prager Show. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, 
I didn't know what I was getting. I was testing it out to see if I could endorse this company. Am I going to drop calls, have slow internet? Well, I can tell you firsthand the 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. If you've been sitting on the fence, time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Just dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. Sign up and save an additional 50% your first month. Just for the record, just to help you out a little bit on the emotional and psychological aspects of this, one of the most common questions I'm asked is, am I optimistic or pessimistic? And uh, you probably, many of you know my answer, they're both irrelevant. I'm neither. I don't think in terms of optimism or pessimism. I don't. I think in terms of what do I have to do. Whether I'm pessimistic or optimistic is irrelevant. What is relevant is what do I have to do. I have to fight. I went to the guys buried at uh, Normandy Beach to fight. That's how I look at it. Not to mention my grandchildren. Our social credit score is coming to America. China has been working since 2014 to impose on its population a social credit system that monitors, rewards, and punishes people according to how closely their behavior conforms to government standards. In contrast to China, the U.S. government is restrained from imposing social credit criteria on Americans due to its tradition of constitutional liberties and representative lawmaking. But some analysts warn that social credit scoring could come to America, not through government mandates, but through the private sector, primarily banks, insurance companies, and tech companies. And they point to ominous signs that it's already starting to happen. On May 24th, the World Economic Forum, at the World Economic Forum, J. Michael Evans, president of Chinese e-commerce and technology from Alibaba, announced that the company is developing an, quote, individual carbon footprint tracker. You must understand that aside from the hysteria, over climate change, that it's an existential threat to biological life, which is pure hysteria. Aside from that, nobody's denying the earth is getting warmer. We deny that it's an existential threat to life. But uh, aside from that, the whole issue is to change society and give government more and more power over people's lives. We are developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint, he said. This program would collect data on individuals about, quote, where are they traveling, how are they traveling, what are they eating, what are they consuming. The WEF has also touted companies such as climate tech startup Doconomy, or Doconomy, which in partnership with MasterCard has developed a credit card that can track the carbon footprint of all your purchases, including food and travel, and cuts off your spending when you hit a certain personal emissions limit. 
For those who don't want to carry a mobile phone or wallet everywhere they go, a company named Wallet Walletmore has developed a chip implanted in your hand that carries your personal information and can simply be waved over a sensor to make payments. That wonderful? That's really something to look forward to. Justin Haskins, director of the Heartland Institute, a free market think tank, said, I think it is highly likely that within the next two years you're going to see financial institutions start to use a personalized social credit score of some kind to make decisions about things like your access to loans, your interest rate, or whether you're eligible for insurance coverage. All the signs are happening to that pointing very soon. That's why rockthewoke.com is so important. Progressive control over the financial system could mean, quote, having people's freedoms eroded without any legislation ever having to be passed. Whether it's companies with a radical take on ESG, what is ESG again? Equity? Social it's so it's environment, equ- environment. no 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 it's equity no it's not equity really environment social governance i think no no oh no oh yeah you're right you're right environmental social and governance yeah. we also have a great video on esg we have a great video on esg too andy oh andy posner posner oh he's great yeah. what's it called esg esg yeah We cover everything. Progressive control over the financial system could mean having people's freedoms eroded without any legislation ever having to be passed, whether it's companies with a radical take on ESG or FICO personal credit scores. They can pass the Green New Deal in the U.S. Congress, said New Hampshire State Representative J.D. Bernardi, but the banks can certainly implement it. They can't pass the Green New Deal. Excuse me, I I think I said they can. But the banks can implement it. The major banks and financial management firms and insurance companies are de facto deciding how we will be able to live. They are becoming our new legislatures. Bernardi has introduced legislation in New Hampshire to bar financial institutions from using personal social credit scores. The power that banks have over people was demonstrated in February when Canadian banks froze the personal accounts of protesters and their crowdfunding donors, instantly cutting them off from their own money, savings, and income. Remember that? That's when I wrote my column that Canada is becoming Cuba. Justin Trudeau thought this was a great idea. These, uh, these truckers, the lifeline of Canada like our lifeline, held in contempt by Trudeau and the left, which has utter contempt for the working class, utter contempt. Who are you to say what is right? We went to McGill. We tell you what's right. I'm reading to you an extremely important... You want to put this up at DennisPrager.com? Epic Times, social credit scores. David Horowitz, the keenest observer of the left other than me, (laughs) 
And in, in one way, he was keener than me. He said the left in the America are communists decades ago. And he's right. He was right. And I, I, it's not a term I used, but he was right. And he has, uh, as I have, this I have said as well, he's, he said, and every leftist is a totalitarian. And that's correct. This is not every liberal. Liberals vote for totalitarians. Okay. So th- 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 there's not, this is not, does not excuse liberals. To put evil people in power, even if you're not evil, is not exactly an excuse. But this is a very scary scenario, social credit scores. You, everything you do will be monitored, and it's all done in the name of something else. The big one is safety. Yes. The environmentalist movement is a totalitarian movement. But it, it is not only that. The whole left is. What Canadian gov- The Canadian government used banks to shut people off from their own money. People who, people who used the Internet to send money to the truckers had their accounts interfered with by banks. The Heritage Foundation reported that Chase Bank closed the accounts of former Trump National Security Advisor, retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn in 2021, for, quote, reputational reasons. Wells Fargo made a business decision. I'm just curious. Did whoever handles George Soros close down his account for reputational reasons? Wells Fargo made a, quote, business decision, unquote, to eject Republican Senate candidate Lauren Witzke. Are you familiar with her? Or I assume it's a her. In 2019, PayPal revealed it was working with the Southern Poverty Law Center, a left-wing group. We have a video on the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's a hate group, folks. It's a left-wing hate group. Any, uh, any company that relies on the Southern Poverty Law Center is relying on a left-wing hate group. It would be like a company saying, we are using the Proud Boys, and this is not to knock the Proud Boys, but to give you an idea of how it would sound to people. The Proud Boys are to the right what the Southern Poverty Law Center is to the left. In 2019, PayPal revealed it was working with, yes, I said that. In November, J.P. Morgan's subsidiary WePay canceled payment services to a conservative fundraising event. In response, Missouri State Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick informed the bank that his state, quote, would not do business with them so long as they continued to discriminate against customers based on their mainstream political positions. In January, Bank of America, without due process or a warrant, mined the data of hundreds of personal accounts 
to see who had traveled to Washington or purchased firearms around the time of January 6, 2021. Under the Obama administration, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, carried out an illicit program called Operation Checkpoint, which arm-twisted banks to cut off lending to firearm retailers, telling banks that such loans would be considered, quote, high risk by regulators. During its first week in power, the Biden administration canceled a rule enacted by the Trump administration that prohibited banks from conducting choke point style discrimination against customers on ideological grounds. That, that was reversed by the Biden administration. This reversal now provides legal cover for ideological lending. Ideological lending such as banks reducing credit to fossil fuel companies, the environmentalists or the totalitarians of our time, and Citibank's policy that it won't do business with gun makers or small business retailers who sell to people under the age of 21 or who sell high-capacity magazines, which are described as those capable of handling more than 10 rounds. This is all banks doing all this damage. Social credit scores may be coming here. If you vote Democrat, you are voting for a Chinese communist-style society. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. If you're not familiar with the, the new film... What is a Woman? One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. It's a documentary out by Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire. If you're not familiar with it, it is very important that you see it. It'll shake you up. It's a major work, and now the book accompanying it has just been released. Again, What is a Woman? The book is up at DennisPrager.com. And it's a delight to welcome Matt Walsh to the show. Hi, Matt. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Indeed. I asked you off the air, how long did it take for you to make this documentary? Yeah, it was a, it was a solid year. We first came up with the idea back in the beginning of summer last year, and uh, it was from that point to release was about, about a year. And good good portion of that was actually on the road filming. Were you surprised by what you learned in the course of that year? I actually was, and I was surprised by how much I was surprised because I kind of thought that uh, I, you know, going into this, I figured well, I'm, I'm pretty invested in this issue. I know quite a bit about it, I thought. And, um, but there were, there were a lot of revelations even to me. And really the first thing I, that I learned that I didn't know was just how pervasive and widespread this confusion is or this apparent confusion because we talked to and only a small fraction of it actually is in the film you know most of it can't can't make it in for time reasons but we talked to dozens and dozens of people all over the, the country just man on the street type interviews and um didn't matter where we were or who we were talking to or how old they were uh almost everybody seemed to be confused about basic questions of men versus women and basic questions of biological reality were they confused because, you know, they're not familiar with chromosomes or they can't identify specific body parts to a woman or to a man? 
or are they confused because they have been confused by the culture into believing that there's no definition? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of the latter, confused by the culture. I, and I also think that that's why I say it's it's apparent confusion because I I, I picked up on. In fact, some people told us outright that. Uh, they, they can't talk about this issue on camera because they're afraid that they'll lose their job, they'll lose their friends, their reputation, right? So I think there were a lot of people that we talked to who uh, were just af- afraid, uh, you know, in their hearts, in their minds, they know the difference between a man and a woman, but they're afraid to talk about it. So um, I think that's a lot of it too. And that, that actually to me is, uh, I think even scarier. You know, the idea of everyone really being confused about what a woman is, is scary, but then to me, it's even more frightening when you consider that um, most of these people know, but but they're actually afraid to simply say out loud something like, well, women, are, they're the ones who have babies, right? Uh, that has become this unspeakable truth. And um, the fact that it's unspeakable, has that's, that's filtered down to just average people walking around on the street. Did you find a difference at all based on age? I, I thought that we would, honestly. That's what I was expecting. And but but no. I, and this this is all anecdotal, of course. But in my experience, when we pulled somebody aside and they appeared to be older, I figured we would get some just basic, straight to the point, common sense truth. And um, that's not what we found. You know, we we did find some people who were willing to speak the truth and just say, hey, here's what a woman is. But um, it, it was hard to predict based on their demographics and age ahead of time what somebody would say how do you explain older people being confused well i think it's the same way you explain joe biden right i mean any any of these democrats who have been on the scene for decades Mm -hmm. and for most of their public life they never said anything about transgenderism they never said anything about gender fluidity or any of this stuff never talked about it and then the last five years they're pretending to care so deeply about it and i just i think it's the same thing for anybody else that age bracket or any age bracket that just they live in this society and you can look around and see what's happening and um, see what the consequences could be potentially for revealing yourself to be a quote-unquote transphobe. If you didn't ask what is a woman, but rather ask, uh, ma'am, sir, do, do you believe that men give birth? Do you think you would have gotten a different answer? Well, we did ask, we asked a series of questions, and I asked a question like that to lots of people, and um, that, that can clarify it a little bit. You know, I think that the people, there are more people willing to say no to that, but even that, I mean, you would be surprised by the number of people who either say, well, sure, a man can give birth, or, or, or just, you know, they'll do the Kantanji Brown-Jackson routine and kind of dance around it. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not an expert, I'm not a biologist, or, you know, a lot of this uh, retreating to relativism and saying well it depends on your truth it's everyone's you know everyone has their own truth and and that sort of thing the irony about katanji's uh, answer is that we would agree with her a biologist would give you the right answer that that's the irony of that response because the, the left denies that biology determines gender yeah, that's a good point. She's she's admitting in the answer that it's a biological question, which you would think would would she she was trying not to get in trouble, and you would think that that answer would still get her in trouble with the trans activists, um, but it didn't. And I think because it's almost like there's this wink and a, and a nod between the two, where they they knew what she was trying to do, which was she was just trying to get around it, and so they they respect that at least. Like at least you didn't answer it. You're trying to get around it. 
uh, because you know that if you answer it, they're going to have to deal with us. So it's, it's, it's still, um, even though, as you say, ironically, it only confirms what she's trying to deny, it still is an act of submission to the LGBT cult. And uh, so I think that they were, you know, they were, they were willing to accept it for that reason, I guess. I'm speaking with Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire. Is a new book and documentary out, What is a Woman? Subtitle is One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. What if you had, you think, let me put it this way, would you have had a different response if you asked what is a man? Yeah, you know, lots of people have asked me that. You know, first of all, why ask what is a woman rather than what is a man and would the answer be different? I, I tend to think it wouldn't be different. I think people would still be kind of dancing around it. Um, but that is that is an interesting question. But for me, why ask what is a woman instead of what is a man? Well, part of it is just you, you could really ask either one because if you, if you can answer one question... Right, but uh, as, an- as odd as it sounds, women are more distinctive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there's, it, it, yeah. it, there's just more going on in, in being a female. Yeah, I think so. And there's also, there's more, it's, it's more of a womanhood has become more of a battleground, I suppose, in a certain way. Um, How is the manhood. film doing? Uh, it's, it's doing extremely well. It's doing enormously well. I mean, we, we expected it to, you know, we thought it would resonate, but I think it's, it's fortunately, it's been able to reach outside of the kind of uh, conservative podcast bubble, which is where I spend all my time, and it's been able to get outside of that. And I've heard from a lot of people who don't, you know, they consider themselves moderate, even people that consider themselves on the left, that have seen it and uh, reacted really. Yes. So where does where does one see the the documentary? You can go to uh, you can watch it on Daily Wire, but you can go to whatiswoman.com and uh, download it from from there. And the book there. is up at dennisprager.com. Matt Walsh, you're doing great work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. We will return. The Dennis Prager Show. How you doing, everybody? thought that a documentary was made, What is a Woman? Just 10 years ago, people would have said, why did you make a documentary on that? One of the many lessons to be learned, when I bring to your attention often, the ability to brainwash a population is infinite. There is no limit There is nothing that is so untrue or so absurd that if repeated often enough will not be believed by at least half the population. That that is the lesson in Men Give Birth. Greenville, South Carolina, Althea, hello. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Very well, thank you. I just wanted to thank you so much for coming to the Greenville area over the weekend. Um, it was a delight to be able to see you. It was an honor. Uh, I love your insight, your wisdom, your humor, and um, it's probably going to be the highlight of my summer. <laughs> oh, very touched. And uh, That's very kind of you. It was a great visit. It was a great crowd and a great visit to Greenville. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do appreciate it. 
Mike Gallagher, whom I was dialoguing with, my colleague at Salem Radio, apparently has lost 51 pounds in the last year or so. And the host mentioned it, Joey at uh, at the station, a great, a great broadcaster, Joey Hudson. And Joey mentioned that Mike had lost all this weight and said, why don't you stand up, uh, Mike? So Mike Gallagher stands up, and the audience gives him a big round of applause. He sat down, and I said, now I'm going to stand up. (laughs) Got a big round of applause, too. (laughs) Showed off my svelte body for the audience. He who cannot engage in self-humor is not healthy. By the way, it uh, it would prove that great lesson I learned and the lesson was all humor is surprise and victim. And that, that was so such an intelligent observation and there was so I surprised people by getting up after Mike and there was a victim me and anyway it's uh, it, it was what it was more on the Uvalde police Very depressing. Police in Uvalde, Texas, Daily Mail, never attempted to open the door of a classroom while a gunman spent 77 minutes killing 19 children and two teachers who were inside, it is claimed. 77 minutes? Tom Dreesen taught me that. Great comedian. And a thinker. Actually, all great comedians are thinkers. Surveillance footage from inside Robb Elementary School is said to show that police made no effort to open the door, and there is reason to believe it may have even been unlocked. It's now believed the door of the classroom he targeted may also have been broken, meaning cops could have entered it freely. Ramos, the murderer, Salvador Ramos, wouldn't have been able to lock the door of the room from the inside either. Police on the scene may have been wrongly assumed that the classroom door was locked as they stood in the hallway for over an hour. They stood in the hallway for over an hour. I've said to you uh, with regard to this since it's happened, if one of my children had been murdered, the shattering fact of the murder would be bad enough. It's doubly painful, the incompetence of those police. I've spoken to some policemen. They're embarrassed, embarrassed by their colleagues. Sort of my variation on my theme on religion. I don't care what religion you're a member of as long as you're embarrassed by it. 
saying, no, I don't care what profession you're a member of as long as you're embarrassed by it. With some exceptions. Hi, everybody. All right. I was, you know, I was thinking, am I going to hear from a urologist in Reno, Nevada? (laughs) And unbelievably, here's one. Hello, Thomas. Hello. Hi. Mike, I'm a a physician surgeon that uh, I'm mostly retired now, but dealt with ambiguous genitalia in newborns. Mm-hmm. And uh, the diagnostic techniques that we have now to determine what is most likely the sex of this patient um, is something that we can do with a better determination. And there's a very tiny percentage of, first of all, sex. There's a lot of different sex. There's chromosome sex. There's gene sex. There's uh, endocrine sex, hormone sex. And, and when the gene turns on, um, at any step in the biology, the biochemistry, there can be a failure. And uh, complete androgen insensitivity, for instance, is a, is a situation where the cells simply do not recognize testosterone. They don't have a receptor. And so while the, the, the uh, blood level testosterone is very high, they are phenotypically, that is, if you look at them, they look like a woman. Because in the development of uh, embryogenesis, you're a woman unless you have a signal that says you're going to be a man, to, to oversimplify it. And that tiny amount of people who really have that problem are best treated before puberty because once they go through puberty and have an Adam's apple, for instance, and wide shoulders, then to give them uh, androgen and uh, estrogens uh, is, gives a poor job of making them into a phenotypic uh, what first uh, sex that their brain is. And then there's the extreme, amp- extreme examples of a mosaicism where there's a, there's a combination of genes, um, like there, there are two fertilized ova that fuse and um, where the, uh, the somatic part of the body is a, is a one uh, DNA type, and the ovaries happen to be of a different over, uh, DNA type, so that the children of the woman do not match up on DNA fingerprinting. I mean, that's the extreme example. But that, that All right, that, so the reason you're cool. telling me all of this is? The, the reason I'm telling you all is that people have taken that little bit of, of truth and blown it up into a situation that is out of all proportion and for purposes of of dividing the society is the best way I can put it. Right. Uh, so uh, I salute you and I'm curious I'm curious would you have felt free to say this if you were still a practicing physician? That's the that's the second point. My my first response a year a couple of years three or four years ago when this started first evolved was that the answer was, if you have a question, bring them to a big center that has a gender ambiguity group that specializes in it. But now what I'm concerned is that doctors, like everybody, we're all uh, pawns on somebody's chessboard. And um, if they come out against this party line business, they're going to face such... um, uh, Condemnation challenges from the the, the people that uh, in the That's structure right. that they operate <laughs> in that it's, a, that it's a tremendous thing um, to to prevent them from saying what they really think. 
Right. So and, you're uh, in the position. I thank you for calling. Appreciate it. And uh, there we go. I uh, I was thinking that he is in the position of the professors who speak out against their woke universities. In almost every case, they're a professor emeritus, meaning they're retired from active teaching. So nothing could be done to them, basically. And they could lose their emeritus status, but that's just an honorific. So the same with this doctor who's retired. He can speak out because the woke medical profession can't really do anything injurious to him. He's not seeing patients anyway. Remember, everything the left touches, it ruins, and that includes medicine. Los Angeles, Joe, hello. Hello. Hi, Mr. Brager. I'm Hi. sorry for disagreeing with you. I feel terrible. But I, I would <laughs> like sweet. to defend police. Okay. Right. Uh Police you you, you don't mean you don't mean police. You mean the police in Uvalde. The police, the whole, the actually every police officer, because. But I haven't uh, criticized have... every police officer. I criticized the Uvalde police. Okay, fine. We narrow it to that. Uh, basically, they don't have the support of the local government, state government, or national government. Plus, whatever goes wrong is their blame. They're evil. They're criminals. And the press will kill them, destroy them, destroy their livelihood, they destroy their families. So we have to give them a little slack. We have. To I don't give the Uvalde the police slack. So I'm sorry, with all respect. First of all, I spend 99% of my time defending police, of the time that I speak about police. Police stop me all over the country and thank me. So uh, my record supporting police is, is very, very strong. If you support police, you should condemn the police of Uvalde even more strongly because they have given the profession a bad name. They should. I think every one of those officers involved in that specific shooting should be fired. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Sean tells me that my dear colleague, friend Tatum, officer, is it Officer Tatum? Is that, yeah, the Officer Tatum show, not Officer Brandon. Just wanted to make sure I got it right. And he is, of course, an ex-police officer, and he defends the uh, the police in, in Uvalde, so that is an important thing for me to note to you. So as soon as I heard that, I told Sean that we should talk on my show, and we'll, we'll arrange that. The uh, it, If what I read to you today is true, 77 minutes police were there while the shooter was murdering kids, and they did nothing, I, I actually can't conceive of a defense. So it's going to be very interesting since somebody I so respect is defending them. I think what we might have here, it totally understandably, is the sensitivity of a policeman to his colleagues uh, being so 
universally attacked. And I totally, I totally get it. Everybody is human. I'm also open to uh, hearing why I might be wrong. By the way, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> For the record, it's like when I debate atheists, my first question always is, do you hope you're wrong? If they say they hope they're wrong, then I know I'm talking to an intellectually honest atheist. Why would you hope that there's no meaning to life? That there's no transcendent source? That there's no ultimate justice? That there's no afterlife? I mean, you've got to be a real sick dude to hope you're right if you're an atheist. You're not sick if you're an atheist. You're sick if you hope you're right. I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong. It's painful to me to attack police officers. They are the thin blue line between barbarism and civilization. As we all know that to be true, because if every policeman decided not to work one day, just think of the mayhem in American life that would ensue. The amount of rape, beating, larceny, and murder. But uh, I just, I, I literally can't conceive of how, if that is accurate, 77 minutes, that there is a defense. So it'll be, it'll be an important uh, time to have uh, Brandon Tatum on the show. We'll be back in a moment. We won't be back in a moment. We'll be back tomorrow. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.